Start telling the stories that only you can tell. Neil Gaiman. The real rule, at some level, looks to be don't write what you know. Write about what you care about. Carolyn C. Don't write what you know. Write what you love. That's what will keep you writing. Chris Humphreys. People say to write about what you know. I'm here to tell you no one wants to read that, because you don't know anything. So write about something you don't know, and don't be scared, ever. Toni Morrison. There's a saying, write what you know. It's bad advice if you take it as an unbreakable rule, but good advice if you use it as a foundation. Stephen King. Write about what you know and care deeply about. When one puts oneself on paper, that is what's called good writing. Joel Chandler Harris. When you write what you know, you stay in control. One of the first things I encourage my students to do is lose control. Say what they want to say. Break structure. Natalie Goldberg. You're listening to Writing Roots, brought to you by Aspen House Publishing. Welcome to Writing Roots. I'm Lee Hull. And I'm Lee Esses. If you couldn't tell from our, oh, I don't know, two-ish minutes of quotes, today's topic is something a lot of people talk about. It is the idea to write what you know. If you're a longtime listener of the podcast, then you probably know we actually did a whole season our third season way back in the day, talking about writing what you don't know, how to learn as an author, how to create and invent and access that imagination in specific circumstances. Today, we wanted to bring it up again because this is the most potent bad advice that people who aren't even in writing circles will regurgitate at you. Why do people say it so much? Why is it such a popular topic to discuss? That's because Mark Twain said it. In my research, he was the first person to use that phrase. But I would venture to say because of stories he wrote like The Prince and the Pauper and all of these other fantastic stories, he did not write strictly what he knew. A Connecticut Yankee in King Arthur's court is not something that he knew inherently about. Like the quote that we had from Stephen King at the beginning of this, this piece of advice is more often misconstrued, which is why it makes it such bad advice. One of the things that as authors we know is we tend to have a larger vocabulary than the layperson. And so a lot of people take this advice of what you know and say you should be using all of those big words that you know that you would never use in daily life because readers want to struggle through their books. They want to have a difficult time comprehending what you're talking about because that's how they get immersed in the story is through incomprehensible narrative. And I really struggle with that. Yeah, sure, I know a bunch of big words. I'm never going to use them in a story. Having a large vocabulary is about having access to the right word at the right time. It's not so you can vomit seven-syllable words constantly and annoy your readers and feel better about having written a book with big words. You may be writing what you know there, but you're not serving the audience at all. One of the other ways that this is applied is to the idea of textbooks. People are used to reading textbooks, 
So when they tell people to write what they know, they're thinking about nonfiction, which absolutely, if you are writing nonfiction, you need to write about a topic you know. If you're writing about World War II, you need to have a lot of applicable knowledge from what you've learned, what you've studied, what you've talked to people about to be able to understand that. You need to know before you write it. But if you're writing fiction, I'm not going to know what happened in this fictional world that I created in my own brain. And therein lies the difference between writing for information and writing for imagination. So if you are writing what you know, you're in that writing to convey information. And that is the nonfiction corner of the library. Great, go write that over there. But as someone who is writing about a place that I've never been to in a circumstance that would never happen in real life, I have to use my imagination to get there and to lead my readers to the same place. Writing what you know is terrible advice for the type of writing that I do specifically. But it keeps getting used because it feels safe. As a writer, it feels safe to write what you know. You don't have to branch out. You don't have to lean on anyone else's expertise. If you just write what you know, it's a very safe bubble to be in. But we really, really don't like that advice around here. We think that as authors, especially if you're writing fiction, you need to branch out. You need to learn about other things. Write from a different perspective, because if you only write from your own point of view, you never let the writing teach you. You need to have those different characters, those different viewpoints, different genders. I'm never going to only write from a female perspective. That would be an interesting challenge for certain. But tell me, does Brandon Sanderson have all of these things that his character has as far as the mental illnesses? If he did, I would be very concerned for him. But he's an expert and he has to write what he knows, right? The three pages of acknowledgments ahead of his book really disagree with that. I just started reading or listening to The Lost Metal and at the beginning, when he started the acknowledgement section, he made a comment basically saying, yes, I know trying to read through all of these names is a little bit of a slog, but it was so important. Every single one of these people is so important to the writing process. And I admittedly skipped over that particular section, but I have listened to the one in the Stormlight series, and he talked very specifically about people he used as kind of counselors on different both physical and mental illnesses so that he could write them correctly because he doesn't have that direct experience. So he's leaning on the expertise of other people in order to write and create such wonderful characters. If you haven't listened to the episode two days ago, of the bad advice that those who can't do teach. I definitely advise you after this episode, add that one to the playlist because there is a lot of overlap here in the best authors leaning on someone else to teach them what they don't know and using their imagination to write what they don't know. Because if you only ever write what you know, you can get maybe one story out of it. If you keep writing only what you know, it's going to be very redundant, and you may only make it a few chapters before it starts to feel redundant. That's actually one of my favorite things to advise people to get past a writer's block, is to learn something new. 
because that will inspire them to continue forward. It'll break you out of that redundancy because all of a sudden you know about lucid dreaming and you can integrate that into your story. That's why I took a blacksmithing class. It was fun, yes, but also research. One of the other difficulties of following this particular advice is that you are constantly putting limits on your own writing. If you say, I can only write what I know, you are limiting yourself. You are limiting your story to a very narrow perspective because you are only one person. You have such limited knowledge and there are billions of other people out in the world who can teach you something new, who can provide a different perspective. So boxing yourself in by going, well, I don't know what it's like to ride a horse. Therefore, none of my characters will ever ride horses. And I have to write all of these super slow travel scenes because they're going by foot. But I'm not a cobbler, but their shoes are breaking because they all have to go by foot. So (laughs) you just put wall after wall after wall up on yourself. And every single one of these limits is utterly unnecessary. There's also this weird leaning on expertise. And this goes back to the feeling safe thing we mentioned earlier. When you only write what you know, you're putting the burden of proof on the other people that you've learned it from. So, well, I'm writing what I know because I learned it from so-and-so. So it's their fault if I get it wrong. There's this limitation because you're not writing selfishly. You're not doing it because it sounds fun. You're not allowing yourself to be inspired because it's something that you already know. You are rejecting your own imagination. That, to me, is one of the most enjoyable parts about the writing process, is being able to break out of my own brain and explore the world of the impossible, to think about the potential of magic and science and creating new cultures. I don't know any of this until I sit down and start to create it and build it from a basic foundation. Like that Stephen King quote from the beginning of, it is a good foundation to write what you know, but it is not an unbreakable rule. Start with what you know and build from that and branch out into something that can be imaginative and creative and something wholly unique to you. I also want to point out that the most powerful stories out there are fiction. The autobiographies can be fascinating, they can be very wholesome, they can be very tragic, but the stories that ring throughout cultures, throughout time, think of some of the oldest stories that you know. Achilles probably didn't exist, and if he did, he probably wouldn't have fought in the Trojan War. Odysseus definitely didn't tell his crewmates to stuff their ears with wax because they were coming up on sirens. Shakespeare. Chaucer, Shelley, everything from there moving forward in time to now, the most potent stories throughout history are the fiction ones, the ones people use their imaginations to tell. I wish I could remember this person's name, but I saw a TikTok recently of a woman talking about Black stories and how she believes that more people need to read Black fiction and that more Black people need to write fiction. 
And it's this idea that they can share their stories, they can share real problems that they face in a fictional environment that more people can read and begin to understand. And this mentality that the only time somebody's going to read about racism and the only times that somebody's going to read about the difficulties faced in the civil rights movement is through nonfiction is very harmful because people go into nonfiction to learn analytically, to learn the facts, but they go into fiction to feel. So by presenting these stories, presenting what they know in a fictional sense and create this powerful story in a fictional environment can help people actually understand better real world struggles. So they can take what they know and put it into a world that they create, that they imagine, so that other people can look at that and start to understand. So let's say I gave you, Lee, two options as far as which book to write next. You could write an Enemies to Lovers dark fantasy where there's a cool magic system and she's an outlaw and he's hunting her down. Option one. Option two, your character is a dispatcher with a bunch of annoying people who just give phone calls saying that there might be a cat on the neighbor's yard. And that's it. That's the entire story. I know intimately that second one. I will not write that story. Give me the dark fantasy, enemies to lovers, the outlaw. I have never experienced a single bit of that, but I will write it hands down any day over having to write something that I know intimately. And that comes down to writing what you know feels like work. You've worked in that industry for a very long time. You know the ins and outs of dispatching. If you talk through every single button that you have to push in order to transfer a call, it gets really boring, but it's what you know. That doesn't mean people want to read it. (laughs) I was talking with the NaNoWriMo people in Sacramento. I attended one of their write-ins as I was passing through. And I asked them, because I was working on notes for this episode at the time, how many of you are writing something you know? Not a single one of them raised their hand. They're all just like, no. I mean, I'm writing fan fiction. Does that count? (laughs) Not a single one of them wants to write what they know. If you're given a challenge of 50,000 words, and okay, maybe you could write 50,000 words on whatever your profession is, but you don't want (laughs) to. Yet, we hear this advice all the time. This will continue to be a piece of bad advice we encounter every single day in the writing world. So, we have a few suggestions for how you can view it instead, how you can kind of twist it. The first one is that quote from the beginning from Stephen King. Use it as a foundation instead of a hard and fast rule. That means that if you don't know what else to write about, you can write about what you know. You can make your main character a dispatcher and then have something far more interesting than a cat stuck in a tree happen to said dispatcher. That's totally fine. Or I can take those elements that I learned working in dispatching and apply it to my murder mystery books. I can take those elements and put it there. The other thing is that you need to take this advice and use it as an excuse to learn, to expand what you know. 
Learn about something that inspires you and then go write about it. That is one of the easiest ways, at least that I've found, to find inspiration is to learn something and then write about what you know. I do, during the editing process, trim a lot of that down, but writing through what I know will propel my story forward because it becomes interesting when I put it in a new and imaginative context. Now, if you are going to write what you know because you're writing nonfiction, you do need to stick to a field where you're an expert. If you try to write about something you don't know in nonfiction, there gets to be a lot of problems and a lot of unreliability in your story. So if I were to write a nonfiction, it would probably be about the experience of writing violence in fiction, because that is kind of my niche. And I would have a lot of different ways to access that, a lot of different bits of advice for making your character seem like a violent but good person or a violent but bad person. All of these things that I have learned becomes nonfiction for other authors, but it is something that I am an expert in. I don't need to give it an imagination context in order to make my expertise interesting because they're coming to me for my expertise. And that expertise can be very helpful. Look at yourself if you're trying to find something that you know to write and consider what only you know. Is there something that only you can tell the story about? That was the Neil Gaiman quote that we had at the beginning as well. So if there is something out there that only you can write, write it. And I would venture to say that includes these stories in your imagination that you create because only you can create those worlds in your mind. Only you can take this idea and create something out of it. Somebody can take that idea and they'll create something totally different. So that is what you know, is whatever you can imagine. And consider including different types of people besides yourself. And how you choose which types of people besides yourself to include can depend on what you know. I know sign language. I fairly frequently sign with deaf people. So I have a fair amount of sign language and I have deaf characters in my stories because that is what I know. I don't have the people that I know in the stories mostly because they're old and they don't feel like kicking butt anymore. (laughs) But having these characters included in the story allows for an element of inclusiveness outside of my own personal paradigm that also leans on what I know. So if you know what it's like to experience racism in a small town because your best friend experienced that, then yes, write that. Include that in your story but you shouldn't tell their stories for them. So include that character that is dealt with racism and the fallout from that. But that's kind of where the line is. And it is a little bit of a fuzzy line at times, but include that character, include those struggles, absolutely share and represent, but don't tell their stories for them. Let them tell those stories. I'm not going to go out there and write a story about an LGBTQ plus character and their struggles and their difficulties with coming out or whatever, because that's not my story to tell. However, I will include a character who is LGBTQ plus and have elements of that struggle as part of their character. 
because I can do that. I can have that representation and get advice from somebody who's been through that in order to do it correctly, in order to do it in a kind matter to that community. There are those African-American authors out there who are telling these stories. And there's enough room for you to tell your story and them to tell their story as well. They should include characters like you in their story for diversity, if nothing else. And you can include characters like them in your story. But you guys are telling separate stories. So when we talk about writing what you know, you can write the stories that you know. And include a representation of the stories you don't know. So when somebody comes at you and they try to tell you only write what you know, there are a few ways that you can respond. You can add, if you don't know what else to write, at the beginning of that sentence. If you don't know what else to write, write what you know. Because that is a good launching point, a good starting point for the rest of your story. If you need to try to come up with a character struggle, look inward and think, what have I struggled with? What can I include in a character? And then use that to start building a different character. Instead of writing yourself, use that one little piece of past trauma to create another character around it. One of my absolute favorite responses to someone saying to a well-known author to write what you know comes from Howard Nemirov. He responded by saying, that should leave you with a lot of free time then. I adore that so much. <laughs> and that so fits with everything that you do. <laughs> that snarky remark. Of course, if someone tells you, write what you know, just bounce it back to them. Go, you know what? Go for it. You write what you know. I'm going to use my imagination. I'm going to explore worlds that never existed. I'm going to plumb the depths of my own heart to find something new and a new experience to share with the world. You go for it and then never read what they write because it's probably boring. Another really good counter to this is basically any story, anyone's favorite story is going to have different gender point of views. They are going to write other characters and have other characters that are different genders than the author. I mean, I would argue Tolkien's probably one of the unique ones. He has like five female characters in his entire universe. I think Lawrence of Arabia is something similar where there are only dudes ever talk in the entire film. Yeah. So there's a few weird exceptions there. But not every single author is transgender or non-binary. Not every author is gender fluid and able to write from a male and female perspective because that's what they know. If everyone stuck to only what they know, all men would write men and all women would write women and we would get terrible stories. We have enough of that already with people only writing what they know. So be the exception. Write something fantastic because you are writing with imagination instead of knowledge. I would also like to point out that Star Wars is actually a fairly popular franchise. It's now owned by Disney. I don't know if you've heard of Star Wars before. Really? Yeah. Star and I thought it was Star Trek. Oh, it's on. <laughs> Fighting noises in the background. <laughs> George Lucas, the creator of Star Wars, has never wielded an actual lightsaber. 
Ace probably wielded some replicas, some props, but never actually a lightsaber that can cut through metal because it is a beam of laser plasma, whatever. He especially did not know how to use a lightsaber when he first wrote the word down. He did not write what he knew. You cannot tell me that Star Wars is not a good story. Are you trying to tell me he doesn't actually have the Force? To be fair, I've never asked him. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) But using his imagination created something new and interesting that changed the face of humanity forever. And you can look at this with so many genres. Entire genres would not exist if people didn't break this rule. We would never have fantasy. We would never have science fiction. We would never have dystopian or apocalyptic stories. Because all of these things have been written from a place of imagination, a place where we're trying to explore beyond what we know and what we've experienced. And if someone starts to tell you that you're doing it wrong because you're not writing what you know, just kind of shrug. Haters gonna hate. (laughs) Let them hate over there because they are just terrible elitist people who don't really know what they're talking about. And you kind of sound like a terrible elitist person as you talk about that. I am right, though. I don't disagree. (laughs) (laughs) If you're writing what you care about instead of focusing on only the stuff you know, then your story will be interesting. Your story is taking its first steps toward being a really good, life-changing story. So write what you don't know, write what you care about, and write selfishly. If you have a question or comment for our hosts or a topic you'd like us to cover, send us an email at writingroots at aspenhousepublishing.com or find us on Facebook by searching for Aspen House Publishing. <laughs>